they did a video called why we all have why we all have a responsibility to confront racism black lives matter the 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 thumbnail picture had black lives matter on there um it was about a 30 minute or so um show they did charlie davies is the only black person on the show um i'm not i'm not saying that in a critical way i'm just like mentioning that Mm. Um, Andrew Wiebe starts off talking about Black Lives Matter and uh, talking about George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor. Um, he's kinda start, he kind of started off basically like showing like he, he was upset about what's going on. And I think he was he's in California. Charlie Davies is in Boston or I'm sorry, in Massachusetts. And I, I don't know where the other guy was. The other guy didn't really talk that much. But um, it was interesting to hear what Charlie Davies was saying about racism and stuff. I was mostly watching, watching it. Like while I was watching it, I found myself being kind of critical of Charlie Davies. And I was like, okay, you know what? I don't want to do that. <laughs> like, I'm not going to be, st- I'm not going to come on the show and attack him. But um, I mean, I should be attacking Caesar for fake paying attention to me, but um, really I just wanted to see if they would talk about police brutality. Um, I noted that, it's already like in the 20th minute and nobody's mentioned the police at all. And um, at some point, Andrew Wiebe said, uh, he, he he like, he said the words, something about like the way people are policed, but he didn't talk about police brutality. Really the only time they like the people were, somebody was talking about the police was when Charlie Davies was saying that he feels for the cops basically and kind of like feeling sorry for the police. And, like, I, I get it, but at the same time, like, it wasn't a cop with, that got killed in that video. Like, it was the cop killing the dude. Yeah. Um, and I just want to say the stats for it right now. Um, that video came out two days ago, or no, yesterday. Right now it's at 20, uh, 2,500 views, 174 likes, 62 dislikes, <laughs> of course, and uh, 94 comments. Uh, most of them positive, but like maybe 2, about 2,500 views. I'm sorry. 2,500 views. Yeah. Which is not like, that's decent for one of their videos. God damn. Um, it's so low. But, but more telling is like 174 likes in the 60. 60- I'm not surprised about the dislikes. That's like, of course. Yeah, I'm not surprised either. And maybe like a third of the comments, about a third, I don't want to say half, about a third were negative. Well, I'm sorry. About a third were positive. Um, So, I mentioned that to say that um, I think part of, I mean, part of the major frustration is just like having to continue to see these videos of police killing people. And I used to, I used to like pay attention to police brutality videos a lot. Um, And like, at this point, I'm never shocked, like ever. I mean, I've seen the craziest things, like for somebody to say, oh my God, to the George Floyd one, like I've seen so many videos where you're just, it'll be more shocking than the last one. Like, and basically, basically never is the cop charged for murder or arrested like ever. So it wasn't shocking for me to see what happened with George Floyd. It's heinous and terrible and it's hard to stomach. 
but it wasn't shocking because it happens a lot. Um, and, and for me, it was, it's not ever, it's never, oh my God, it's like, God damn. Like again, like damn again. Over and over again. Yeah. And, um, and I wasn't really shocked. I, I mean, I'm not shocked by the protests or the, or like people rioting or looting or whatever. I'm not shocked by that either. It's like, it, for me, it seems like the obvious thing for people to do after seeing something like that. Um, but, you know, my, my like minor frustration is like, I just hope the focus remains on the culture of policing. Um, because we have a real problem in this country specifically. I cannot speak for other countries. In this country, people are scared of the police. In this country, the police operate like a gang. There's no transparency. There's so much just violation of people's rights. There's so many people, like like most Black people in America, don't look at a, a police officer, like when they're wearing that uniform, they do not look at that person as their fellow man. Like they don't look at a police officer the, the same way you like see a dude, like you just walk by and you say, what's up? Like You, you don't see the humanity in them. No, and they and because you feel like they don't see the humanity in you, and yeah. that's, and it's made obvious when you see videos like what happened to George Floyd, and and with 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 a lot of them like that they they the way they treat you like you yeah, know they're like, nasty they're rude and yeah they they talk to you like as if like it's weird it's like how do you interact with people like in in the regular setting why do you have to like change the way you interact like we're all humans here it's just weird I don't know yeah it's, but it's, when you when you do see a cop like that it's like it's like, oh, wow, okay, well, okay, like, okay. <laughs> yeah, you don't even, you don't believe it. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, what, what are you up to? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you trying to get me to be an informant or what? Like, <laughs> trying uh, to set me up? Yeah, like, and, 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 it's, and it's really just the culture, like, it's the culture. Like, that's the thing that has to be reformed, and I know there are ways to do it. I know ways that that could happen. I'm not going to get into all that, but it's got to happen because like we shouldn't live in a, in a country where we feel like we got to be afraid of the people that are supposed to protect us because obviously there's people talking about like abolishing the police. I don't know if that's actually, I don't know if that's what we need to do. I don't know. I'm not saying that we, that isn't, I mm-hmm. don't know because I know that there are instances where people need protection. Like I think of, domestic violence, like violence within the home or like in certain, you know, in certain instances, like you need people to come and be there for people. I know of, I I like, I'm not going to get into the exact story, but I knew a woman, she lived in another country and she's felt like she had no protection from any kind of like police or anything. And there was like bad things happening to her. And she said, when she moved to America, she felt like there was like, like she had, like some protection, like if she called the police, something could happen. Um, So Caesar and I, well, can I, can I expose you or what? Go ahead. Uh, Caesar went to his first protest on Saturday. Um, He got there, then he ran. I'm just joking. Um, So what was that experience? Because I really haven't talked about, I mean, we went together, obviously. I haven't really asked you, like, how how that experience was for you. Now, if you start, if you get on here and start capping, you know I will come for you. So you better, you better be honest. 
<laughs> if you get on here and start capping and, and, and don't expose me about what I was saying to those gentlemen yeah. at the top, don't, don't expose me. Okay. But if you start capping, I'm going to expose you. Oh, I'm not going to cap. If you call me out for capping, I'll expose you. That's <laughs> my <story. laughs> nah, um, To be honest, I don't know. I think when I went to the protests, I would, I, I, if I'm not going to cap on here, I would love to say to everyone that like, I felt a sense of, of fire in my belly. And like, I really wanted to like, you know, if as things escalated, I would have been all down for it. But to be honest, I didn't feel like that. I, I felt, I, it felt good seeing, I think, okay. The good things I felt, and I felt I like the unity. I like the sense of unity. I don't like that people post online saying like, "Oh, like, you know, why aren't white people or people with light skin in the front lines?" I mean, I saw tons of people of different colors and background, not only not only leading chants, but being right in front and you know doing their part. What I we we both saw like this mother and her child riding around honking more than anybody, using up all that gas in that Honda Civic. And it, it wasn't even about race in that moment. Like she just wanted to stand up for for other people, you know. And that that's so selfless. She's to do that. for herself too. Because yeah, you know yeah, because yes, Black Lives Matter. But we're also talking about the police department and how they, they they're violent. They are, you know. And 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 she was out there going hard, and I appreciated seeing things like that. And I just I like seeing everybody come together, do the same thing. Like when everybody, the most emotional moment for me was everybody got on one knee. Like that was an emotional moment for me. Like that was crazy to see that, but I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if as myself, like as a person, like I just think we're all constructed differently and uh, there's different things that like fuel my fire to act and react in that kind of setting. I think I've just learned more about myself in terms of how I feel in crowds of people. Um, I don't really like it. Like I started to feel uncomfortable for a little bit. So um I'm learning that by myself, and it feels weird to say that. I mean, like, Brazil has all the culture about, like, carnivals and all that stuff, and I just noticed that it's not really the most comfortable settings for me. But when, like, I'll say it again, the protest was extremely peaceful. Um, I, I enjoyed joining in with everybody, being there with people I consider my family, and we're just we're, we're yelling and saying nice things to officers on top of rooftops and, and the lovely things. I, I, I enjoy that. Like, I enjoy that space. I felt more comfortable because to be honest with you, keep her on the show, like, there's probably no one else. I mean, I was asked before to go do this, and I said no to people. And you asked me to go, and I'll go because, like, you're someone I feel comfortable going in that setting with. But it's just – that's it's, it's, it's outside of my space. But it felt good in my heart knowing I did it for the first time. And for my first time going to protest, it was something like that. It wasn't a picket line for other things in the past and all this stuff. It was something that at the root of my heart, not only have I, of course, not at the scale George Floyd and other people felt in America, but I felt that sense. I've been in that experience. And of course, like I said, not violence as much, but I've been in that feeling before. I felt that way. I know how it feels. I've been in situations with officers before. I know. So it felt good to be there and like yell and, 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 and just, let that emotion out because to be honest with you, I was feeling like caged in, like almost like for the, the day leading up to that going to the protest has allowed me to like, really like open up a lot, you know, and just hear other people. So I'm probably rambling about the same thing, but cause it's just emotional for me. Like, so uh, it was good to go there and I'm really happy. And if people, I heard there's more go- coming up, 
you know, if you've never been, make sure you go with a group, a group, a group of people you trust and you care about and, and, and feel the same way as you and, and go, go, go during these daytimes and express yourself or whenever you feel comfortable. If you want to go later and, and, and do your thing, do that too. Like, I'm not going to tell you not to, how to live your life, but this was my first time was this. And I honestly like, will never forget that. And I definitely will, uh, uh, Consider one in the future as well, too, especially with my friends if they want to go to something that hopefully we don't have to do in the future. I mean, so, I mean, it seems like what you're saying, though, is that, like, and, and, and I'm, in no way am I being critical about this. Like, you're not really the protest guy is what you're saying. No, I, like I said, I, I think everybody's fabric is different. And um, I, I just don't feel that comfortable in those settings. I yeah, feel I like, mean, yeah, that, that's normal. I, 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 in my whole life, I've always felt like very aware of what's behind me and around me. I've always kind of been that guy. And it's such a congregation of people. And then also, like, just to keep it all the way real here, across the street, I'm, like, looking at, like, like the officers. And, like, those are, like, literally, like, some of my biggest – those people are, like, over there. When they turn up, it's, like, the scariest thing in the world to me. So it's, like, because what they can cost to this area. So I'm, like, this is, like, at any moment. Like, when I'm seeing somebody, like – cross the street to like go instigate i'm like please god don't like please like i'm so down to just keep screaming from here i don't want to go over there and put the sign in his face please like i mean but then, I, when we did the laps though i was trying to test myself i was like i kind of want to go that way like i want to see how far i can go and for me it was like a big milestone for me but we did we made a left i was like oh, okay whew. <laughs> i mean yes i've been to the been to clubs and bars with you <laughs> You're just tense the whole time. I'm like, talk, relax, man. It's really weird. I don't know. I just, I, I, it's something I'm like learning to myself later in my years about myself. I'm like, I guess I just don't like being in these environments with a whole bunch of people. <laughs> yeah, I know what you like. You like to be doing. Uh, show the camera how many screens you got in front of you. That's what you like. <laughs> Yo, but I was like being outside too. Calm the hell down. Damn. <laughs> I'm just, I'm joking. <laughs> um, yeah, so we did, we, we went to the uh, protest on Saturday in the city of Orange, uh, in Orange County. And, uh, yeah, it was uh, like, I've been to many protests. Um, and this was more of like a protest, like stationary protest, not really a March. Um, Caesar's also not listening to me again. Uh, but okay. Yeah. Yes. Calling you out now. Don't, don't. It sounds so bad on audio, but go ahead. Huh? Excuse me. Sounds so bad people listening to the show, but go ahead. Well, you, you know, why don't you or YouTube video viewers? Go ahead, though. Go off. Yeah, why, why don't you just pay attention to me then? Uh, I do the same thing when you do it. Go ahead. No, I'm doing it actually. But um, it was like I didn't know what to expect because the only other protest I've been to there it was four of us. But um, it, but it was it was a great turnout. There was hundreds of people. It was very peaceful. Obviously, like it was. Um, you know, we had we had a lot we had a lot of people with us and like people I had to look out for. But like, if it was maybe if it was just me and you, like we could have interacted with everybody, and it would have been like even more of an amazing experience because oh, yeah. because we couldn't really do that. Like we had to be more like we couldn't really like get, like talk to everybody there. And we're kind of been down to do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and it's always like that's always one of the fun things to do at a protest it's like get to meet other people you know um but then after that i went to another protest in fullerton and it, the environment was a lot different and it was uh when i was like i think i'm just gonna go home yeah <laughs> oh 
Although I didn't expect it to be like that. Like, definitely the cops came out in all the riot gear and all these weapons. The only reason I wasn't surprised, I'm like, there's, like, notorious history of of Fullerton police kind of getting going off on people. Yeah, yeah. They they did kill Kelly Thomas. Um, Yeah, they brought a tank out, and they had the tear gas guns, and they had the uh, pepper spray bullet paintball guns, and they had automatic rifles and batons. And literally nothing happened. Um, And it was like, it was just like, it was just weird to see somebody who like, you could easily live by them and just looking at you like you're like, you're just, you know, it's almost like a video game. And it's like some kind of like creature, like, like you wouldn't feel bad to be, to kill that creature, you know, like, like that's how they're looking at you. And you're just like, uh, like, when you see when you see the videos and pictures of them, you see them over there with like all their equipment, tanks, and all that stuff, you know, like, and you're just there with like with your sign. It's like you're so naked next to them, and like at any moment they could just like turn up and just like, dude, we're all like you could literally be neighbors. Like, so you yeah. could literally be neighbors. You could literally know somebody for 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 twenty some years. I mean, I was having some some an interesting conversation with someone I really recently deleted, who I basically was like been around my whole life with you know like this person was my like I played sports against him a long time we're really good friends we shared we're a day apart on birthdays it was always a joke in school and this person started talking to me as if like I was like I'll, I'm I'm like a whole different person I'm like dude we're like raised in the same area we're the same people you just chose a career path it didn't mean you chose like like you didn't choose like like some kind of blood oath like <laughs> against people like like against people that aren't you know representing the blue lives like hey man like literally like same background like i know your mom like what, what's going on here so that's kind of the scary sad thing it's like it's like the it's like almost like it becomes like a cult like what it's happened a it's a gang it's you a gang just... and, it, and it, it sucks because like as much as you hear like oh you know it's there's really good ones. I'm there are like, absolutely. Like, I'm not going to say the bad. I've had a good interaction with the officer before. Like I, I, and my job, there's there, they're there. The thing is, is like in life, you're going to, you could say the same thing about like people who, who do crime and do violent crimes. There's, they might have friends that are kind people. They may have uh, buddies who, who affiliate with the same lifestyle they live with, but they don't do these things. But, that doesn't mean the person that does the good represents all of them. The thing is, is in any other work situation, in any other situation in life, if there's people doing bad things, it's reflective on the company, the brand, the everything. So what do they do? They clean out, they reform, they fix, they come up with a strategy to make sure these things are happening anymore. But in the police department, it's not done that way for some reason that I would love to know. Why is that the only department and everybody that they go, uh, just disappear for a little bit, take some time at home, come back, and everybody forget about it. Like, why? Why is that? Why don't you get in trouble? And if you get in trouble, you just basically get, like, a, tr- a transfer. For example, like, one of the things they talk about when Garcetti hired the LAPD's uh, chief, he retired, collected a $1.7 million bonus, and got rehired. Like, I mean, like, this is corporate moves. With – taxpayer money so there's a lot of things going on here that in any other situation people are fine with calling to action they bring up the, the pitchforks they do all this in the comment section but for for, for police force it's like this gang and then there's the gang of like followers 
and 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 bootlickers online that that fought, that that don't that push the narrative to the other direction. And if you're against it, if you believe in a reformation, if you believe in change, then suddenly you're against like policing and and you don't know the real statistical data because you don't know that like colored people kill each other more. Like what the? That has nothing to do with what's going on. The issue at hand is uh, the violence in between minorities, black people, Mexican people, anything. That's an issue in itself. But right now we're addressing you killing us. <laughs> That's the problem. We can fix our community, but first, how am I supposed to fix my community if you're killing me too? How well, am I supposed to fix that? Why don't why don't like maybe we could take half the money the police department gets and invest that back into those communities where people are allegedly killing each other? The, how about the, that? The, New York's police budget, I believe, is one point seven billion. Like Dude, or, or maybe it's four hundred million. I might have that number wrong. <laughs> like any, any, regardless, it's always a third of the budget. It's like always a third. It's it's, it's like the the city of Irvine. The top, the most highest paid person is the police chief for the for top Irvine. five safest country city in America. Literally, do nothing. Their, their their death rate is like so low; it's crazy. It, and they they even adjust the statistics for when deaths happen on university campus. They flip the statistics for that because of the suicides on campus. So it's like like, dude, it's so good over there. That guy gets paid the most out of anybody in the department. Not people there. So it's it's so many issues going on here. Um, the, the another big one. I remember when I was at the University of Hawaii. The the state of Hawaii has a lot of money issues and issues because they, their primary income comes from tourism. The university campus raised its tuition for its students five percent every year. I was no one to two two to five percent every year. I was there. They raised the tuition during that time. Instead of investing the money towards what they said was going to be towards maybe reforming the library, fixing things going on campus, they bought five brand new Dodge Charger vehicles for a campus that extends only three blocks. Why on God's earth you needed to buy five Camaros when everybody's riding around in mopeds and walking around? Like they're just doing what they want with the budget. They're not. For the police, you mean? For the police, yeah. They bought five Camaros for the police. Like, Here's what that, there's issues all presented to ourselves, but only people like AOC can go on Twitter and call it out for what it is. But we need to see more, and and people even and now people are doing their end. They're in the streets rioting, they're protesting, everything. What's it? What do you think is it? What's it going to take? Like, what's it going to take to address this? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, it's it's going to take a lot. It's going to take a lot of people um, talking about the real issues, like. We really got to do something about that. Like, we got to change that whatever way possible because, yeah, like you said, they just get transferred. Like, how come Ray Rice couldn't come back to the NFL? Like, and I'm I'm obviously not caping for Ray Rice, but Ray Rice stole on his girlfriend at the time. It was terrible. We, we saw it. And then a week later, they got married. Now, if, if Ray and, he, and Ray Rice never touched the NFL again, the NFL came out and did all kinds of PR about domestic violence. So many police officers. The the the, the dude that killed Eric Eric Garner. Five years for him to get fired. It took five years. He stayed on the force for five years, making 
close to 120k a year, five years. And, and and you know, in those five years, he was able to collect his full pension now. Full pension too. Yeah. They probably kept him on so he can so he can get his pension so he it can be basically retired and make a min, basically make sixty thousand a year in retirement chilling. Exactly. So it, it, like, like it, there there it, there's no it doesn't make any no accountability. It doesn't make any sense for this institution to be able to operate that way when most of the like most police officers retire without ever making a felony arrest. <laughs> like. Most of them, most of the time, they're just driving around. Like, it ain't that crazy of a job. It's not so dangerous, dude. Uh, There's depictions that we see in movies and and generalities that people talk about the lifestyle. I've known officers who literally, who literally have never even shot at something. Never pulled their gun out? No. But then you get these crazy uh, roid rage cops that want to pull their gun out for anything and just... Pull it out. And, and like, I've seen so many videos where a dude is sitting in his car and is like, why the hell did you pull me over? Like, tell me why you pulled me over. And the, the, and the cop just pulls the gun out. And he's like, what the hell, man? The, the last time I even got this emotional from the George thing was when we watched Fruitvale Station. Yeah, Oscar Grant. Like, that was the last time I, like, felt that, like, level of emotion high up because, like, that one was back because the movie was talking about his whole lifestyle leading up to the moment. You're like, dude, like, this is too raw. Like, this is so in my face right now, you know, like a whole buildup. And, like, it just kind of, like, you can't you can't expect people to believe that that what they're doing is their best. They're putting their lives online. All that is irrelevant if you're in a department and a system that has no accountability. There's no punitive damages. There's no, there's nothing. Like, you're literally, a, like, you literally join in. And you become a free spirit wielding a gun, and that's not fair. That's not that, what it's about. That police officer that shot and killed Oscar Grant said that he pulled the gun on accident. He meant to pull the taser while Oscar Grant was on the ground. Um, in, in cuffs. In cuffs. On the ground. And, and he was sentenced to two years and did about a year. So, and, and, then, and then, I mean... I, there's a million. I, I'm not going to say I could no, you I'll start rambling them off, but it, it's, it, there's no accountability. And like, I think it comes a point in time, like, and, and going back to George Floyd, that police officer did that and he effectively got away with it. Yeah. Like effectively, because it took some days for him to get arrested. It took it people took, rioting and protesting for him to get arrested. Five days of rioting. It took, I believe 48 States had recorded riots. Yeah, or protests, protests. 49. Four, I'm sorry, protests. 49 states. The only one I didn't see recorded protests over was Alaska. So yeah. 49 states had protests going on. 49 states for five days. That's millions and millions of people took to hit the street for a dude to get a charge and then just get elevated one level. So it, it, that's what it took? You're telling me it takes the entire nation and all these people that feel so bad for these businesses. It took all these businesses to take this damage for us to just get a proper somewhat of a charge on an officer for a video evidence of someone getting killed under his knee. Like you, you, you can't tell me that something that can't be done needs to be done. You can't say that. It, like we need to change it. You have to. The like, proof is in the pudding. That's right there. 
Like, there's no situation where somebody tells you I can't breathe and you don't stop what you're doing. Unless your intent is to murder them. We all we all used to play fight when we were kids. Like, I'm thinking about, like, when, my, when I was a kid in Virginia. We all, my kid, we would play fight and we'll do stuff. As soon as somebody starts saying, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, you let them up. Me, me and Hardy used to play fight when we were younger, all the time in the pool. As soon as one person starts tapping, let him go. Like, yeah, you can't breathe, you let, okay. Kill him, <laughs> Yeah, when even when you even when you watch a, a violent ass sport like MMA, when someone starts tapping because they're being submitted under someone's arm, it's it, it's over. They can't breathe. It's done. Caesar, you already did your MMA talk show with Hardy, and it's on YouTube. Don't don't try to that's infiltrate. A, that's a, that's a choke. You know, <laughs> stupid. No, I mean, but like you know, you know what I mean. Like, but yeah, it's it, you like. When when there's even it's even annoying that you have a judicial system where they talk about mm, is there intent to murder intent to murder I mean you put your knee on someone's neck they say they can't breathe they pass out their lip turns blue they're dead and you're still on their neck um, I believe that is the intent to murder and there's a video of three people of two other officers holding his hip and his leg another officer there where's the subduing it's he's dead he's in handcuffs man in handcuffs on the ground flat he's dead and then there's video of him also getting beat in the back of the cruiser he's dead how in the hell i mean okay yeah, yeah. sorry we're, sorry about we're gonna go off. hopefully um you mean we're gonna go off the area yeah, i know i know <laughs> hopefully um you know i'm happy to see a lot of players and people talking about it I hope they talk about the culture of police. Like, that's the thing we need to talk about. That's and why I like what the Real Sonyuna or Anoha, right? Anoha or something like that. Yeah. Said, um, I like what he said because. Uh, yeah, let's get into it. Man, uh, so I didn't even know that the USSF Mafia had a banned kneeling. Um, during the during the uh, national anthem, I did not know that they banned it, but apparently they had banned it. Was up? I thought they. I thought we kind of talked about it when we talked about the banning of kneeling because we talked about when uh, Alejandro Bedoya also did the the thing on the mic, mic whatever, or, and like no, I thought they did around them. No, we didn't. We didn't talk about the kneeling, uh, the ban on kneeling, but apparently. Um, they're they're now considering uh, rescinding that, or repealing that ban. That ban. Um, you're right. He's about to mute and do COVID cough. Um, that's what happens when you drink out them cheap ass mugs. Um, I guess they're gonna have a hey, vote. Man, <laughs> oh damn! I thought you muted me too. Um, yeah, I guess they're gonna have a vote about it soon. Um, I guess like that's the thing that they feel like they can do. <laughs> in regards to everything going on. Um, Thanks. A USSF Mafia spokesperson confirmed that a repeal of the policy is under consideration. Um, I guess on Monday, this is funny, on Monday, the U.S. women's team issued a statement calling to repeal the rule, which read, we believe the Federation should immediately repeal the anthem policy, publish a statement acknowledging the policy was wrong when it was adopted, and issue an apology to our black players and supporters. Look at the women. women Josie, where you at, dog? The women's team is, they're like not only winners, but they're like dealt. They're anti-establishment like, they're anti, uh, like in terms of 
telling people how they should live or, or, or express their amendment rights of freedom. You know, Carly Lloyd wrote that. I don't even know, honestly, if she did cool. If she didn't, they're still dope as hell for that. That's the joke about her being black. But yeah. uh, um, like, oh, I bet Carly Lloyd has something to do with this. Yeah, Carly Lloyd, Kristen Press. Um, for it, uh, it go- is that the one that's most? What's the one that's the most hated one? Megan Rapino. Yeah, they're like Rapino probably definitely drafted that one. You over here forgetting her name? Damn. Um, I just woke up from a nap. <laughs> the, the it goes on to say the statement goes on to say further we believe the federation should lay out its plans on how we will how it will now support the message and movement that it tried to silence four years ago until ussf does so the mere existence of the policy will continue to perpetuate the misconceptions of fear that clouded the true meaning and significance of colin kaepernick Megan Rapino and other athletes taking a knee that black people in America have not been and continue to not be afforded the same liberties and freedoms as white people and that police brutality and systematic racism exist in this country. Whoa, go this, is, this is everybody's responsibility, including this union and its members. We could and should have done more in the past. We are committing. We are committed to rising up against racist, hateful, and unjust acts to affect change. Black Lives Matter. Okay, go off then. Go all the way off. Not playing no games. Um, I guess um, somebody was saying that 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 rule actually did not apply to the women's players. I don't know, but um. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, damn, it's just there's such a big disconnect between the the U.S. men's national team and the U.S. women's national team, which is like crazy. But it's such a big disconnect. I don't know. I mean, I do have some statements from U.S. men's national team players about what's going on right now, but definitely not anything about this. Yeah, and like, I'm assuming there are some people that are coming out in support of what the women's national team did, but. I don't know if I ever remember any men's player taking a knee. I don't think I ever saw that in a men's national team match. Mm. Um, not, not like I know. Um, what's his name? Is his name John Brooks, the one German center back dude? Um, oh he, yeah, yeah, John Brooks, the 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 German uh, Chicago like, dude, guy. Yeah, I, I remember he. I remember he took a knee before when he was playing. Oh, with him. Took a knee. Yeah, I don't remember any no, men's only Rapino did. Yeah, I don't remember any men's national team player ever taking a knee during a match. Um and John Brooks did it in, in Berlin. But and Rapino um, did it like many, many times. Rapino did it, yeah, she did it a lot of times. And 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 that was one of them one of them was a picture on our first uh, special episode episode. Absolutely, our, absolutely. It was our twentieth episode, and I wanna say that was um I mean it was our twentieth upload. And I, that was what, maybe September 2017, I think it was. So that's going on three years ago, where we were acknowledging it. But um, <laughs> know that, <clears throat> yeah, don't don't play. But yeah, I mean, the, I, whatever about the uh, taking a knee rule. Like, I think even if they uphold the rule, I think the women's national team players will still take a knee. Like, I don't think they're gonna care. Yeah. But. Um, It'd be nice to see any of these dudes do it once or twice. I mean, damn, dog, what, what happened? Thought y'all was about it. That's not too shocking, but I was kind of shocked about um, Michael Bradley coming out against Trump. 
Oh, man. Whoa. Your boy Michael Bradley said, um, damn, let me find this quote. He's <laughs> Michael Bradley's uh, Michael Bradley actually criticized Trump before he talked about the uh, Muslim travel ban mm-hmm. uh, back in 2017. But he said recently, we have a president who is completely empty. There isn't a moral bone in his body. <laughs> he said there's no leadership. There's no leadership from the president. There's no leadership from the Republican senators who have sat back and been totally complicit in everything he's done for the last three and a half years. That's a bar. I mean, damn. <clears throat> I mean, like, people talk about one party, but to drop a bar about the, the, the Republican Senate around him, like, damn, that's, that's only facts. Seriously. Um, he said, I'm angry, I'm horrified, I'm sad, and I'm determined to do anything and everything I can to, I can do to be a, a part, to try to be a part of the fix, because it has, it has to end, uh, and we all have to be part of that fix. If we want any chance to start to fix these things, <laughs> then Trump can't be president. It's as simple as that. <laughs> um, you talked about um, people going to the polls in November as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, damn. Oh, oh, let me find out West, what Weston McKinney said to um, Weston McKinney. I'm sorry, Weston McConan. Let me get it right. Um, Weston McConan, who does not watch soccer, said... <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, he said, in my eyes, he, as in Donald Trump, can be called a racist. I don't think Trump is the right man for the job of president. I don't, I don't think he understands his responsibility to the entire country. I think he's ignorant. I don't support him one bit. I don't think he's a man of his word. Damn, um, go off. It's funny because, I mean, I guess things are like right now a little bit chaotic. But I remember when, as soon as uh, Megan Rapino said anything about Trump, he was like, on Twitter attacking her. Oh, that's kind of cool. Whoa. <laughs> Wait, what happened? <clears throat> um, yeah, he was on Twitter attacking her. I, I wonder if he'll respond to any of the dudes, but I'm happy that they spoke out and kind of like drew a line in the sand. We know that there's a lot of U.S. soccer uh, fans who are MAGA people, like for sure. I've, I've come across... I've come across them on Twitter. I'm like, yo, you are a hardcore USMNT fan slash MAGA bro. <laughs> like, it's wild. They, 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 run, they, uh, they run deep in those circles. Like, heck yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if he actually responds to any of these people, like um, Michael Bradley or Weston McConan, but I don't think he will. What do you, what do you think though? What do you think about them uh coming out against Trump so hard? Awesome. Um I mean I'm going to be I don't think it's like they're taking a tough t- stance. I don't think it's like what they're doing is extremely difficult um to do in my opinion. I think that that's kind of like in a general sense it's a it's a wide ranging like public opinion of course other than if you're in a, a different side of the world or you feel differently towards what the political system is going. I think majority of, of people, I hope, kind of feel similar to them. They are. You can't like look at how things have been going and think that he's been managing this great. Um, so you're so you're saying that's kind of an easy stance. This to take? is my thing. This is my thing. You, I don't like when I, if the players really feel some type of way about the presidency in the world, they should 
look towards the people that sign their checks first, like the USSF mafia, look mm. towards them and make them institute change before you start attacking like people that are 20 positions higher up. Like if you look towards your own bosses and be like, look, I don't think, I think that even myself and all of us have made a mistake recently in how we handle things. People like Rapino, the women's national team, I think they're, they're ahead of the curve on what the, the, the speaking out is supposed to be. I think we can do a better part. Maybe we could, maybe we could do something. We should look at examples that teams around the world have done. Maybe they should look at Bahia as an example of what they've done with the, with, with celebrating all the, the, the leaders of the uh, black leaders of, of Salvador and Bahia during their times and putting their names on jerseys, just doing different things initiative. They really want to make an impact in communities, you know, and, and unlike Bahia, which is, of course, a big team. USA represents an entire nation. I think that if they did something like that, it has a bigger statement to it. Maybe their warm-up jerseys could have all the names of the people that died of police shootings and something like that. You never know. Like, There's things you can do, you can address, that can make a big impact. It's like we, talk, we talked about in the past, maybe just between us. Like, It's cool to like take on a global issue, but I think it's more impactful to attack your community. Attack your, like, go, go away in your community. Make changes within your community, your circle. For them, it's the women's, it's the national team. So go to your bosses, your board of directors, hit up the Goldman Sachs former boss and be like, look, man, like, I think we can make a serious impact that will, I know you care about monetary probably. It'll help you monetarily, I think, too. And then on this side, I think it'll help us as people. Like, a lot of us here feel that we want to do more and we want to see what we can work with, maybe collaboration with Nike or whatever, just to make a change. I think that that's where you got to tap first. And of course, make your statements all you want about the president, which I agree, like, I agree 100%, but I want to see, like, that development, maybe, like, that will, maybe that can lead to them doing things more for just the black community in general in terms of not making everything so expensive and all that stuff for sports, and I know there's a really good documentary on Amazon Prime where Carlos Reyna goes into talking about how expensive the whole, the youth system is and everything, and you know, a lot of that's addressed on there. So I think that they could do more and some of these players could speak out against the same people that have their signature on the checks. And then we can, and then of course, once you become that establishment, like look, look what we've done here in our area. We, and we represent the national team every year in Olympics and every single global tournament. We don't stand with this president. That's like big to me. That That's a big, that's a bigger stance than just like Weston McConan out in like Schalke and so he doesn't watch soccer says, Oh yeah, like he's an idiot, doesn't know what he's talking about. Like I think there can be done more, like integrally. That's how I feel. And it's not saying what they're doing is wrong. I think that that's that's the optimal approach, in my opinion. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I feel you. I, they can definitely do more, but I mean, I can commend them for like drawing a line in the sand about the president because there's definitely a lot of U.S. soccer fans that support Donald Trump and. For someone, I mean, although Michael Bradley's probably basically on his way out, um, for him to Michael Bradley's like an actual like Republican too, right? Uh, I mean, he. I don't. I'm not saying he's a Trumper, but I think he's like actually just a Republican in general. No, I, it wasn't him. It was um, oh, what's his name? It was some some center back dude? He he used to play for like, he used to play in the in the championship in England. I forgot his name. Tim Reams. Who? Tim Ream. No, not Tim Ream. It's another guy. Um, I forgot his name, but um, he was like coming out supporting Trump uh, early on. But because I, it's you know, like to say, like you can be Republican and not support Trump. That's fine. yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't like, know if I thought, that, I thought I felt like I I thought that that's what Michael Bradley was. If he was like a 
and like he said that he like was Republican, but does he does not stand with Trump is, which is entirely fine. I know plenty of people in the world are like that too. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe I think he's religious. I, I don't know, but um, I mean, I can respect someone like him, and especially him too, because he's kind of like the face of like the whiteness of the U.S. national team. Uh, I sorry, I hate to cut you off, but like, well, yeah. Michael Bradley, like. I'm happy that he takes his stance because to me it'd be shocking if he did it because in my opinion, his dad, even his dad and the team he was on, the U20 team they had, the U17 team they had, that was like one of the most diverse USA national teams I've ever seen. You know, mm-hmm. the, 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 those youth teams, the, 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 honestly, honestly, it's not even statistically or, or awards-wise bent like outstanding, but their golden era was that team that they had, which was Josie Outdoor, Eddie Johnson, uh, the the kid that we talked about from uh, damn we used to like him a lot. He went to New England Revolution. It was uh, Agudelo and Freddie do all these guys are on one team. Uh, they had a lot of youth, t- good talent. Opara like that. A lot of that, like pretty much high level talent. All those guys from the U seventeen team played on the senior national team at the same time. That's like that's really good for you in terms of like when you're developing talent to have that same youth team be able to go up to the top. That means you've done a good. That means those guys are able to stick together. The best talent you have available. So. You have a very diverse team, people from all over the world. I think Aparo was like from Liberia and all these guys here from all over the world. And then here's Mike Bob Bradley uh, coaching this team and his son Michael Bradley's on the team too. Like there's so much diversity around you. It'd be difficult for me to like see someone who's around all that and just feel like completely different otherwise. It'd be like sad for me. So I like that Michael Bradley, you know, feels the way he feels and he's speaking out against like how things are being handled. That, that, like, that, that actually kind of makes me happy because I'm like that's someone who like came up in a youth system around a lot of diversity in American national and in, in USA national soccer team. So that's like really cool to hear him speak out on that. Speaking about racism, this is what Dybala said. He said um, he, he was speaking about when uh, Moises Keene was racially abused uh, uh, all the times. I, I don't even want to just say one game. It probably happened every single match. Every single he was saying it wasn't really easy for him. And I've experienced various, various situations of racism with other, with other Juventus teammates in other stadiums. Uh, he was talking to CNN. Um, he said, many Italian stadiums have certain racism against some players. It has also happened to Mario Balotelli. It has also happened to uh, Pjanic in a match against Brescia. And I think that Italian punishments should be tougher. He went on to say, if not, then it will be us players who will have to take measures into our own hands so that this does not continue to happen. Because we're talking about one of the biggest championships in the world where millions of people are watching. And if they see that there is racism and no action is taken, people get emboldened and continue to do it. Um, Wait a minute. He said, he said, um, okay. Okay, this is the part. He says, sometimes it is difficult to put yourself in the shoes of someone who suffers racism when you don't really ever suffer it because you don't feel it. But you know what is going on because of having a teammate who suffers, who suffers racism, not only because, because of their skin color, but because of the country they're from that people discriminate against or they see as something bad. He said, it is also not only because of the, because of the skin color, but people are discriminated against because of everything. I've seen Asian players who were with me in the youth team and think, and these things are sad. Uh, Luckily, my family educated me differently and I can respect people for what they are, for their way of thinking and not because of how they're dressed, what country they come from or the color of their skin. Um, 
Okay, there's there's some part where he talks about um that the like the non-black players have to like be the ones mm. who speak up. Um Okay, anyway, it's somewhere in there. It's a long it's a long ass article, but Dibala was saying that it it'll be up to, like he's basically saying what we've been saying for the longest that it can't just be the players who are being racially abused taking action or walking off the pitch like yeah. he's he's saying himself that it needs to be like the players that are not getting abused who take that action so i'm glad he said that because i remember one here we was like well damn what about messi and ronaldo and all these other dudes like you like the big players got to do that shit yeah it, it's one thing for for victim to speak out but it's also a different thing than someone who's not a victim but you consider these players your brother, your family, or best friend, or homie, or just comrade, you know, or friend, just dealing with it, and you speaking up for them, that sends them more, even more powerful message, especially someone like, you know, Ronaldo. I mean, that guy's like, has the biggest social media following of any athlete in the world. So it's like, people like that carry just so much credence, and I think it's better for them. I think it's even more important and impactful when they speak out. Can you imagine if, um, like if like if when my Tweety is getting racially abused on, in some game and Ronaldo's like nah like Ronaldo's like looking at the crowd like no and just like takes the ball and kicks it and walks off the pitch like <laughs> I mean doing all this shit that towards them like the hand motions yeah like like definitely that would be big dude yeah Syria would would have to be like okay you know and what knowing like, him and knowing him you ask him about it in the post game he's gonna talk about it for sure like if you ask him in that post game he's gonna talk about it too. Yeah, I start, I start talking about Ronaldo. So he should get all happy. Who is David? He literally ruining the show. But um, yeah, you ask him after the show, like like after the game, he'll literally be like turned up about it too. So I think it's really impactful just visually seeing like an outburst of someone like that saying it. And you know, I, I mean, I hope it doesn't have to reach that point, but I hope it, well, it needs to. No, I'm saying I hope that doesn't happen to someone like Matuidi, so they have to get that boiling point. I don't wish someone to be a victim, so change happens, you know. Um, but. End of May, world on fire, figuratively and literally in a lot of ways. It's up. The whole world saw George Floyd. R.I.P. get murdered. We all saw it. The whole world saw that. Um, and the whole world spoke out. The whole world. I mean, there was so much pressure on the world that all these corporations came out and like had to make a statement. Like everything. I mean, I just heard today that Target is going to make Juneteenth a paid holiday. And Target was one of the first places that was looted and burned, burned and stuff. I have a question. What, like, what day is Juneteenth? We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Your black card is revoked, but we'll talk about it. But it's I'm okay. Well, actually, it's okay because slavery ended way later <laughs> where you're from. Yeah, and you know, I wasn't born here, so I don't know what the hell <laughs> Juneteenth means. <laughs> what? Okay. Okay. Uh, chill out with the what the hell. Chill, please chill out, sir. <laughs> I, I won't get into that right now, but if you uh, before, me- no, no, no. before you do this, are you just spraying the AK at everybody? Like, if yes, I, yes. I get the clip too. You I are in the crossfire right now. I'm on your team, Caesar. You're in the crossfire, and you go, and you're already banishing me along with the rest of the people. Are you throwing me in with BN? Am I a BN correspondent now? 
Caesar, you are in the crossfire too. You know when I start spraying, everybody can get it. I'm on your team, dog. No, I don't care. I don't trust you. Um, so we saw everything from YouTube to Spotify to EA Sports. Or I don't know if it was EA Sports or like FIFA. You turn on FIFA and it says Black Lives Matter. Overall, everything. Um, uh, you, you can't even think of an organization or a corporation or an entity that did not respond to what was going on in the world in regards to racism and or police brutality. Um, like, at the very least, they would do is put a black square on their Instagram. Like, that was the least anybody could do. And if you, maybe you want to do a little bit more, you'll talk about racism. Maybe you're not really bold enough to talk about police brutality. Yeah. But, like, at the very least, people are talking about racism in these times, in the past, like, uh, two weeks plus. And I got to sit here and see the one, I mean, I'm going to say the one dedicated soccer network. I guess there's Gold TV. I've never seen it. And I could have sworn it. I thought they went out of business, but they only show, like, Uruguay and Portugal. Gold TV was a subsidiary of Fox. I I don't know, but, like, we're just going to talk about being as the one dedicated soccer network in America that at least has like a major league La Liga. They got Messi and whatever. Argentina. Huh? They, they got like a uh, Libertadores. I mean, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They got, they got some, some stuff going on. And I just was waiting every day to see if there would be like a segment or just some kind of acknowledgement of what was going on in the world. And I don't know, like, what, like, triggered it to me to, like, actually get upset. I don't I don't remember, like, what it was, but maybe I was, like, looking on their YouTube and stuff and, like, just kind of, like, looking at sports bursts and, like, looking on their Instagram and, like, well, actually, no, because I tweeted them asking, like, hey, do you guys want to, if you guys want to have a, you know, talk about what's going on in the world, you know, we made a podcast is available. We have internet. Uh, we got Zoom accounts. We and do. There, and there was no response to that, which is fine. Like, that's okay. But I'm like, okay, well, like, I don't know if they saw those tweets or not. But if they did and ignored it, then hopefully that means you're doing something to talk about what's going on in the world today since everybody else is. And if you didn't see it, then I'm expecting you to have something to offer when it comes to what's going on in the world. And let me say this, not individual personalities on BN, like uh, Eric or George or whoever, or Drake Cordero. I'm not talking about their individual Twitters or Instagrams. I'm talking about BN Sports, just like Spotify and all these other people and, and ESPN and Fox and whoever else had something to say. I'm looking at BN Sports. And literally there's nothing. Nothing. And and usually with me and Caesar, usually we don't talk about stuff we're going to talk about on the episodes. Like, we don't do that usually. I mean, actually, like, we won't talk about games mostly. But, oh. like, I mean, we had a phone call the other day, and, like, I'm sure I was going off way more than you were. But, I mean, eventually I got you to join in <laughs> because I just kept on saying ridiculous things. But I'm just, like, Soccer, this is the most racist sport in the world. 
It is. Like, you can say that with no doubt. This is the most popular sport in the world, and it is the, it is maybe the one sport that, like, racism is, like, accepted. And not, not saying that everybody's okay with it, but, like, it happens so much, and it's, like, such a popular part of the sport that it's basically accepted. There's never been any instance, like, over the years where there was, like, oh, there's racism, and then there's not. Like, there's racism, we'll talk about it for a day, and it continues every single game in some way, shape, or fashion. We've had players come out and say they get racially abused every single game. Not just Italy, not just Russia. Homeboy from Crystal Palace. Was it? Wilfred Zaha said that. Wilfred Zaha played in England his whole career. He said that. So we're talking about the most racist sport in the world. The sport we love and being sports ain't got nothing to say. Is, I don't, is that noise for me or you? Do you hear that? It's me. It's oh, it's in the street. Okay, it's no, it's fine, it's fine. I was just, I was just couldn't tell if it was like wind or something. So, <clears throat> like, we've already called out being for ignoring racism. I was like, when the whole Lukaku thing happened, um, most recently when he was getting the most audible monkey chants. Like, I even think the dude who was recording with his cell phone, he was like probably didn't hope everybody heard it. Like we all heard the monkey chants and these fools at BN literally went, just never covered it. Like everybody's talking about it. Every single football entity is talking about Lukaku just went to enter. He got the monkey chance and everybody heard it. Every single, like everybody's talking about it, but BN chose to ignore it. Mm-hmm. And to the extent, and yes, I got to say names, to the extent that when we tweeted about it on the We Made It Twitter that still ain't giving back, it's like halfway back, apologies. We had George uh, uh, tweeting at us three weeks later talking about he seen that tweet. I'm like, well, damn, dog. Like, is it company policy to ignore racism or just talk about it, like, once every three months? Like, what's the deal? Because it's not like it does anything for me for y'all to talk about it. For me, it's just like, well, damn, dog. Like, it is. what's the deal? Everybody's talking about it except you? Like, everybody? It don't make no damn sense. Um, even the whole thing, what was the thing that happened with like, it was like a Chelsea Tottenham with Rudiger or something like that. And you said that the, cause you watched the game. You said the announcer was even saying like, wow, I can't. Yeah, the announcer was like, this is absurd. Like this kind of stuff is like, there's no place in this, for the, this, that's saying like, there's no place for this. This is ridiculous. Like, I and it was, and it was such a big deal. Everybody's talking about it. Everybody in the field, people were in the field are reacting. It was like weird. The cameraman's like panning weird. It was really weird. I remember that weekend, they're showing the game, the, the highlights from that game on BN, and just chose to leave that part out. And I'm like, what's the was like deal? the biggest thing part of the game. Yeah. Nobody cares about Tottenham Chelsea when somebody's getting no. called the N-word and monkey chants on the field. Yeah, Nobody like, cares. Like, that's not like – Unless you're a Premier League show, then, like, you can talk about – but, like, BN covering that, like, they could, like, literally talk about how whatever the game was, but the biggest point was 
the monkey chance. That was like the biggest discussion that it was not like a rumor on Twitter. Like the announcer talked about it in the match. Caesar, I'm I bet to... you either they ignored it or they didn't even know that. And I'm like, if you don't even know that, why are you covering this game? No, no, they know. They know. But like, it's just like not important. I'm glad. I, I mean, I, I've like talked about it so much that I'm like, my thoughts are not really coherent and I'm kind of <clears> all over the place. But I'm glad that you talked about um, uh, the, the the NBC, the games that we get here, the Premier League, the EPL games, because EPL started back today. Yeah. Um, and I, I didn't watch Aston Villa versus Sheffield, but I did notice that they got Black Lives Matter on the back of their shirts. Um, for at the Aston Villa versus Sheffield United. Oh, I didn't know that's dope. Oh, yeah. And I, I literally only saw one thing about being there was a boomerang kneeling. That's the only thing I've seen today. Oh, we're going to get into all that. We're going to get yeah, into all that. Trust me. I haven't I seen you. So you'll have a live reaction. I, I, I got you, dog. Trust me. Don't even, yes. Just rock with your boy right now. I mean, you're going to get the yeah. clip too. This <laughs> is stupid. Um, Aston Villa Sheffield had Black Lives Matter on the shirts. No name. Black Lives Matter in a number. Big-ass game today. City versus Arsenal, same thing. And before the match, they got a whole thing talking about Black Lives Matter, like talking about like racial unity and stuff. They're showing it in the match, like before the match starts. They're showing it at the end. Pep Guardiola is saying Black Lives Matter. I got emotional. They're, they're, both games, Aston Villa and Sheffield, and City versus Arsenal, they're kneeling before the match with the fist up. Kevin De Bruyne sitting up there with the fist up because he plays for Belgium with all black players, blackest being the Hazard brothers. <laughs> 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 and the blacker of them being Thorgan. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's, it's like, yo, there's so much. Like they're in City versus Arsenal also playing Black Lives Matter and a number. And 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 the the uh, the people that talk before the matches, they're talking about it during the match. They're talking about it. The the announcer dudes are talking about yeah for the Black Lives Matter movement. Talking about Raheem Sterling, what he was doing. Talking about Marcus Rashford. Hold on. Talking about Marcus Rashford. Talking about Raheem Sterling. Talking about like Raheem, talking about specifically Raheem Sterling. These are the announcer dudes during the match saying. Raheem Sterling is putting pressure to get more black coaches and black people upper management. They're talking about it during the match. They're saying black lives matter during the match. This is the biggest league in the world. Uh, uh, during the water break, the, uh, no, I, well, somebody got injured, but then they just use it for the water break time, like the cooling break. They're re-showing them taking the knee. <laughs> They're re-showing that. That's really dope. They're, they're really putting all this energy right now. This is NBC Sports Network. Yo, and, and they're doing all this, and we can't get one word from BN. One word. Uh, Not Caesar. even a corny statement. Caesar, Marcelo, after he scored that goal – I which we're going to talk about, took that knee and put his fist up. Do you think anybody at BN talked about it? They didn't talk about it during the match. When they did the highlights after, they did not talk about him taking that knee. Why not? They did not talk about it. They did not bring it up. Why not? That's but not cool. They, did, they literally did not bring it up. 
I'm watching. Not even live or even after? No. Are no. they just ignoring it? Yes. Oh, that's not real. That's not fucking cool at all. <laughs> now, 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 he's talking about Marcelo. Now, now he's turned up. That's the only black person I care about. <laughs> not even me, of David course. <laughs> you, you, are you giving Debrunye a black card? Are you, yeah, yeah. We're claiming him now? Yeah. All right, I'm down. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> we need more soldiers than ever. <laughs> yeah, because we ain't got none at BN. No, um, BN is a zeroed out. Like... I okay, so on Monday, I'm all over the place. Please bear sure. with me. I'm gonna talk about Sasha Kleshton in a second. Oh, quick on the Serie A match, they mm. didn't mention it, but they said, I th- all this getting this match is happening while there's a lot of political things going on. That's what they said, mm-hmm. and they're like, kind of just kind of just in summary saying, like. It's good that like we're just focusing on what's going on here in this pitch. Like they're saying, there's a lot of political things going on, but they're just focused on like we're just gonna focus on the pitch. That's what they say. But they they didn't like they didn't just yeah they didn't say it necessarily. But they like they did like the safe way. But 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 ESPN has talked about it though. ESPN. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying in that match, the Inter Milan yeah. match, yeah. Uh, where the, where this match had two prominent black people, Lukaku on one side and Ronaldo on the other. Yeah. They just yeah. And and well, you, do you want to talk about what you called Matuidi, or was he playing? He was playing. What do you want to? No, I'm just. Joking. And he got a new don't, contract. Don't, don't say it right. Don't say it right now. And he got a new contract. <laughs> so because and, of his and, national affinity. And and honestly, I don't even i I don't even care if they bring. No, yeah, no, no, I know. But I, you I wouldn't. Care. The, the ESPN has made a statement though. Before. Yeah, the, yeah, exactly. Like they've already. So said they, they're. In a, I mean, they've done. They can't. Yeah, like you know. They've already. They've already. They've already chosen a side and mm-hmm. and and risk made that risk because there's a whenever you once you do that there's a lot of people <clears throat> that are going to be like oh I'm not rocking with them no more just like people were boycotting Nike after Colin Kaepernick or whatever. So, I mean, we know that's cap, but like that's there's going to be that rhetoric also. Yeah. But the but however facetious or like fugazi you think it is when a corporation does that, they they at the very least they are choosing a side publicly. I don't know what's going on behind closed doors, but publicly they're saying we're going to rock with these black people and if you're racist then like you're just going to have to be mad. Um damn it, what was I going to say? Oh, so, uh, shoot. Oh, so the Marcelo thing, they didn't talk about it. Um, ESPN, so ESPN FC. So after like, I'm watching the EPL matches, they're talking about it. They're openly talking about it. It's all good. I was like, oh, I wonder if ESPN FC did anything. I just looked before this, before we started recording, I seen like three different segments they had. Uh, one with like three different players. I think Crystal Dunn was one of them. One with another U.S. Uh, women's national team player. I forgot her name, but she was on one of the MLS uh, videos. Um, and one with another player. Like they're talking about like racism, police. They're like talking about it with like Taylor Twelman or whatever his name is. Or I, I forgot the guy's name. I get him. Okay. Um, they're 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 talking. They're having discussions with people about it. So. This morning, I see like this. This morning, I saw. Um, I, well, I, maybe I, did I see it this morning? I can't remember. But I clicked on uh, Sasha Kleshton, who's a U.S. men's national team player. He used to play for New York Rebels. Used to play in Belgium. He had a um, 
they, MLS does a couple of different podcasts, but one is called The Call Up with these two women, Susanna and Jill. I don't know their last names, um, but they did an interview with Sasha Question. I just saw something when I just saved it to watch later because in the title it had something about Black Lives Matter in there. So I was like, oh, I'm going to check that out later. Oh, he's going to mute? <laughs> um, so, I, so I like went and I went to like see what he had to say about it. Because I, I mean, I never know nothing about Sasha Kleshin, like whatever. Dog. So he's talking about it. He was, they were like, oh, like we saw that you've been really involved with like the Black Lives Matter movement. Like he was like, like this dude start talking about it and starts crying. Like he starts like crying, like dog, I got emotional. He starts crying. He's like, yeah, like we got so much work to do. He was like, he was like, they were like, oh, you brought your kids. He was like, I brought my kids because I didn't want my kids later on asking me what I did in 2020. Wow. And he was crying, dude. I mean, and not just like, he was like broke down. Like he literally broke down. Sasha Kleshton and was like, yeah, like we got a lot of work to do. He was like, I need to come to grips with like, he was like, there's so many things I didn't know. He's like, I'm ashamed of the things I didn't know before. The two women, they're two, they're both white. They're like, yeah, like coming to grips with our whiteness and different things. She was like, one of them was like, yeah, like, I never had got to think about going into a uh, like the bodega at night or wearing a hoodie. Like I never got to think about that. And she's like, and that like, like that affects me. Like, I mean, this is like, he and he's crying, dude. That's crazy. I never knew that about Sasha Kleshen like at all. Me neither. I thought like maybe, because I had heard something. I was like, oh, maybe he just went to a protest and he's going to talk about it. But this dude like felt it in his soul. He's showing pictures of him and his wife and kids. Yep. Sorry. The biggest bar ever is be like, I brought my kids because I wanted them to know, you know, and ask me in the future what I was doing in 2020. Exactly. Yeah. Like, that's not only him realizing so much about how he felt in this, but he's understanding that this is a, a historical moment. Yeah. And then we got time period. Yeah. And we got a whole damn network that's ignoring it. Yeah. Showing multiple leagues. Literally ignoring it. A league where some of the most prevalent publicized racism was happening that of all of them, like you have your racism in England, but the most prevalent one is Italy. The one that's was during, if you count for the times we did the discussions of racism in football, most okay. times we brought it up is Italy. I mean, half the time we got to be like, okay, let's just not talk about it. Let's talk about another one. Cause you know, it's going to be in Italy. Yeah. I mean, BN doesn't have Italy anymore, but like, yes, BN does. I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 It's on ESPN now, but I mean, even Spain, yeah. Just before the thing, yeah. Iñaki Williams. But Spain was really, I mean, they dig back all the way to Danielle was picking up bananas, eating it on there. Like, it's it's not like it's not like Spain is something where it's like, oh, we don't have Italy anymore, you know, it's chill. Like, nah, Spain's oh, there's bad. Reason. There's it's actually the, been incidents in Copa Libertadores before. Season, um, it's the most racist sport in the world. There's incidents everywhere, basically, except MLS. Like, I'll never forget one of the biggest ones was Sao Paulo played in River Plate. And Graf- Graffiti was the striker, or Graffiti was the striker for Sao Paulo. When he scored, they were doing monkey chants. The next year. Who, who was? Graffiti for, for Sao Paulo. No, who was doing monkey chants? River Plate. Mm, I don't know. This dude. Yo, the next year. Check it out. The next year, he transfers to Roma. The same thing happens in Roma, too. Can you imagine you fly 3,000 miles, and you're like, oh, man. Like, it's cool. You're like, what the hell, man? No matter where I go, they're going to think I'm a monkey. Like, imagine <laughs> That's, that's that's sad. Like that's something that's real. That's an issue. 
And it's the most racist sport in the world. A massive network like BN is 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 deciding that from from the beginning it's already been like built up annoying how they weren't covering the the Rudiger thing they didn't talk about. It's like it doesn't even like it's already kind of annoying that like on the podcast you don't want to address it. Fine. I mean, you could always drop back to situations where they have someone that's like uh, um, uh, uh, streaking, and then they pretend like it never happened. and They turn the camera. I have to go on Twitter later. Then I get my giggles on Twitter later. But if you want to review a match and you want to talk about this match that happened, such as IE Tottenham versus Chelsea, and the, I don't even remember the score to that game. But I remember when the Rudiger was getting pissed and they was doing the chants and everybody was walking weird. Deli Ali was flicking off people in the crowd. It was yurt, sir. Like, and it wasn't like, oh, it was like, oh, like Chelsea. Like this other player to the team were mad. <laughs> like Deli Ali doing his classic spit flick flick off and like stuff like that happening. No, like like it was a situation that the announcer was like literally upset. Like he was upset. I could never – I never forget – he sounded like he was black, but I didn't know where he was from. He sounded kind of American. I don't know where he was from. But he was – oh, no, he's from Netherlands. He was super pissed. I'll never forget oh, yeah, yeah. Dutch. He was pissed, and I, as we all were. It was a weird situation. Like, it was weird. And the, Bian was acting like the ref, acting like he didn't hear nothing. That's what Bian was acting like. The ref, the ref was doing this. I'm like, dog, literally, like, like, the crowd is doing weird screams. It was like it happened, and the crowd was, like, yelling at the other side of the crowd. It was weird. Like, it was really weird. <laughs> <laughs> not weird enough for being to say anything. Obviously. No, no, it was, it was definitely even, not. Even today, <clears throat> today being Wednesday, June 17th, there were La Liga matches, but there's also the restart of EPL. And there's a one bum game, Aston Villa versus Sheffield United. And then there's a big game, uh, City versus oh, Arsenal. Okay. Nobody care about the other one. I forgot. I, I would. Honestly, honestly, like ever since I the 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 Instagram story where BN was added and they saw it, I still have the screenshot. Ever since then, I'm like, okay, you're on notice. Just do something. Say something. Say something. I mean, they don't get a bunch of notifications. Other posts don't get more than two thousand likes. Like, just say they're not, something. They're not crazy popping where they don't see this stuff. So it's like I'm not gonna like pretend like you skimmed through three million ads. Yeah, they seen they 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 saw the Instagram story. And they probably saw the one today too. I'll look in a second. I was like, okay, maybe today. Like, and honestly, Caesar, I'm gonna keep it real with you. If they said something today, they would have been off the hook a lot. No, and it sounded like it. The way you were talking about checking today, it sounded like to me like you're like, look, before I go on today, like, I, I, and you're like, you said you're going to listen to what they say on Express. Everything. This, everything. everything. I was like, as to me, I was like, at least he's a kind person. He's like, let me just like give them a chance. Maybe they had to, maybe this was the, the straw that broke the camel's back. They saw the ad on Instagram. They went to the meeting. They said, look, do you see this mention? We can't have this. What are we gonna do, George? Like, <laughs> that was supposed to happen, all right? Literally, 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 the ad said they continue to ignore Black Lives. They saw it, and they were like, "Yeah, like, yeah, what?" Who cares? I'm assuming this will happen. I feel like if you don't do the latter, then I'm just assuming you're like, "Yeah, we're gonna keep ignoring, buddy." Yeah, we don't care. Yeah, we seen George Floyd die. Whatever. Did, we've like, seen everybody like, protesting for weeks on end around the world. It's like, it, to me, it's like almost as egregious as like, oh, so you can acknowledge that like coronavirus is stopping these games from being like this, 
but Black Lives Matter is going on and you pretend like it never happened. So the coronavirus, what are, what are they playing right now? Are they just like doing these scrimmages for fun? Do you not believe that's really? Maybe because you're from Hollywood, Florida, you don't believe this. Like you don't think it's real. Like, uh, it, like it's, literally, they can talk about the pandemic all day. Literally, they they could have did what they did on ESPN, where the guy was just like, which I'll get into and later I do my notes. It was the weirdest game ever watched in history, not because of the game, but because of the commentary issues. The beginning there was a protest. There was the commentary was English. I'm assuming it was like an ESPN UK broadcast. That was showing this. That was reviewing this this Italy game, and they were like just saying it's a political thing. So they weren't even on the American crew. It was and the European crew talking, and they were just like, "It's a lot going on right now. You know, it's a political issue. Like that's even like fine. Like you're making some safe statement because your company was shareholders. Blah blah blah. I get it. Like I'm not asking you to come out here, being and and change your logo to black or wave a flag or do anything. If you were at least on a broadcast even the past acknowledge that there's racial tensions happening in this league along with what's happening today, then we're good. Like it just doesn't make any sense to they, just, they could have said a one line tag at the end of express and been like, just, I, I, it goes without saying, but here being sports with our diverse background, we stand with people of all colors, especially the black community. What's going on? Boom. Or just say, or just say like anything, anything. Just that's, say, that's, just, a, that's a sentence I gave you. I give you a sentence. Just say here being, we believe that black lives matter. That's yeah, it. They, they, bam. They could have said here being, we, we don't, we don't, we, we don't believe in like racism. Boom. Cool. Like, all right. That's it. Sure. We're good. We're good. That's four words. Yeah. <laughs> Five words. All right. Yeah. And, and honestly, it's just like, dude, what's the deal? It, every single entity is talking about it except for you, and it's just egregious at this point. Like, I don't expect, like, I don't expect a lot, but like, even even I feel like they're ignoring us too because I went and looked back. The first time we had any correspondence with BN was November eighth. 2017. I feel like it was, I was about to say, is it 2017? Yeah. It 2017. And, 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 and every year since then, we've had some correspondence with somebody at BN. Like with some the employee person. or independent contractor. No, no, with, the, with somebody who works there. Yeah. So they know that we exist. Like they know these faces. They know that we made it podcast exist for sure. Like no question. Like we've interacted with these people. Like, obviously, we're not. We don't have money and a whole nation backing us. We're not going to get bigger than being. But it, but it would have been nice. Like, it would make sense to be like, oh, you know what? Like, those guys, like they're doing this show. Like, they're black. Like, let's let's just like have them on, like, for like a three minute segment or something like that to talk about what's going on. Easy, easy, just to show that you are not. I don't even want to say just to show that you care. Caring is on the inside. I don't know who cares. But just to show that you are going to acknowledge, just like you said with the pandemic, they're talking about it. They're like, yeah, you know, there's no fans and they got to do social distancing. They got to wear the mask, blah, blah, Oh, they can't sit next to each other. Yeah, that's because it's obvious. But it's also obvious that the entire world was doing protests because the entire world saw this man get murdered. And it don't make no sense because if I look on George uh, uh, Twitter and, and damn – uh, Eric Krakauer's Twitter and uh, Ray Hudson had some retweet. Like they all know that it happened. 
you can't go inside your damn uh, this building in Miami and be like, hey, dude, like we're a media company. We got to talk about it. ESPN is a sports company. They don't cover ESPN FC. They it's a sports, but they were like, well, damn, there's black people that play this sport and they get affected by this too. So we should talk to them, but they're choosing to ignore. And Marcelo takes a knee though. Marcelo took a knee, uh, whatever. Marcelo had a whole Instagram post putting Tupac lyrics in there. <laughs> you know, he don't know what the hell Tupac was saying. I mean, he did have a, he did have the same tattoo as Chris Brown. So, He don't know what he's saying when he said run it, run it. He don't know what that means. But everybody's... (laughs) Hopefully that can change. But also something that may end up changing, the Premier League has announced a new program to increase the number of minority coaches. Um, A new plan has been launched. Uh, The program will start from next season. Um, it, it's gonna like help players move into full time coaching positions. Um, it says it will see up to six coaches per season undertake an intensive twenty three month work placement at EFL clubs. Like, I think from like all of the levels. Um, a statement from the Premier League said the first intake will work as a pilot plan, either in the in the club's academy or first team setup. Um. The Premier League, the Premier League CEO Richard Masters. Hmm. Oh shit. Okay. <laughs> Interesting terminology. Uh, he said it is vital that there are no barriers to entry to to the pipelines for employment and coaching. We need more. In in the UK, they use the word like the 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 acronym B A M E. Uh, like I don't. Uh, what is it called? Black, Asian, and ethnic minority. Um. He said we need more uh, BAME coaches entering the system to create greater opportunities throughout the professional game. This new program has been developed through collaboration and consultation with our colleagues across football. I don't know why we didn't get a call. Uh, We have taken what we have learned from running the Premier League Elite Coach Apprenticeship Scheme and applied that experience to develop this framework. Um, He said this is a critical time for Black, Asian, and minority ethnic coaches uh, I guess this is Doncaster's coach. Uh, maybe he's black, I guess. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, so it looks like the Premier League is is um, really trying to do something to change the fact that they have basically no black like – they have very few black coaches in their um, professional setup. I don't know why the hell France ain't doing this. Y'all got the most black players in Europe. Um, <laughs> if anything. Yeah. Y'all are pumping out black players like nobody's business. Damn. I, I've only seen one black coach in Liga in the past, however long I've been watching. Well, don't start watching AFCON either. That do, uh, Say what? Don't start looking at AFCON games either. AFCON is a damn 50-50 chance. You never know what you're going to get on That's, that bench. And it is funny when you do like, hey, I'll be cheering. I cheer so hard for that team. Caesar, I don't care who it is. I'm like, I'm with you now. Caesar, you know how bad it is that you're shocked to like literally me too. When a when an African team got a, a black coach, I'm like, I'm like oh, oh yeah. Oh, here we go. Here I we go. Ghana had Ghana had some Israeli coach, and they were saying that they're probably gonna have trouble with him going to the North African countries. I'm like, they would rather get Avram Grant or whatever his name was a chance than to just be like, look, dude, like, 
let's get somebody who, who's, whose passport is not going to mess him up yeah. going places. That'd be nice. That'd be yeah, hard. Like, I mean, that, if, I mean, when they were doing a background, they would have been like, well, this guy might be hard for us to get us to some of these matches here. Sorry about that. Yeah, man. Sorry. We, we love you, buddy. Like, yeah. whenever I watch some, uh, watch, watch some of these teams in Africa, I'm like, why they got some Greek coach? They'll just do no. Why they got some, uh, this, this, why they got this coach from here, from there? I'm like, uh, when they, when I see a team, like when I saw Senegal and they actually had a former player, I was like, there we go. Uh, here we go. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. It's so weird, man. It, it's like you said, it's really bad that we get hyped. Like it should be just the standard norm that that the Africa should not only be a, a place where players are being uh, brought into other teams to play, but also coaches are brought in after like, you know, because if you can develop talent from there, youth talent, you can probably develop coaching talent as well, too. Why doesn't BN sponsor us to get our coaching licenses in Europe? I mean, they won't even get us on. Why are they going to sponsor us for anything? Well, look, you might not want to have black people on TV. Especially after we did the episode about them not calling anybody out. Oh, well, well, they should have said, they should have said something then. (laughs) (laughs) Ain't our fault. You don't care about black lives. Why doesn't be in this uh, uh, owned by Qatar entity sponsor Caesar and I to get our coaching licenses in Europe, preferably in Portugal. That'd be nice. We can appreciate it. We can get our coaching licenses. Then we can get it cracking. Now, I think I'll, that, I'll, I'll start coaching that, that team Jackson Martinez on, you know, whatever. I'm going to keep it real. Like, coaching is difficult, and especially I would imagine coaching professionals is, is not easy. No. But, I mean, it's not going to be easy. But it ain't that damn hard that you got to have no black people, dude. <laughs> like, it ain't, like, what are we just genetically uh, not able? Like, come on. Like, it's obvious that they're not giving black people chances. And I'm not going to forget what Gareth Southgate, Gareth Southgate said. He said he broke through at Middlesbrough, and he did not have the, the credentials, and he did not have the experience. He got hooked up. He admitted that. He got hooked up. Also, why the hell – I mean, I don't – let me just – I don't know if this person wants this opportunity. I don't know if he's tried for it or not. But Claude Makalele been assisting – been assistanting – some pretty remarkable teams. He ain't asked to be a head coach nowhere. I want to see what Claude Makalele is at right now. Uh, you, you dig? I mean, this dude has a resume. He was out there getting Champions Leagues as an assistant coach. I mean, what the hell, man? He was at Monaco. He's at Real Madrid. The, let's see where C drops at, too. I mean, I, I, I'm not. We're not responsible for him having that many E's in his name. Um, this. <laughs> that's a fair point. This dude uh, apparently is at Chelsea has coached AC Milan. From AC Milan, Bam, he went to. <clears throat> he went to. Are you ready for this? This is. I mean, he went to AC Milan. Okay. Mm-hmm. He. he uh, Coach for 22 matches for the for the he was appointed January 2014 and they let him go June 2014. He then went to Shenzhen FC in China where he did 13 matches he coached. Then he went to Deportivo Coruña where he coached 16 matches 
Oh, I remember then he that. Cameroon. Huh? I remember that. Then he went to Cameroon and did 10 matches and did the, uh, the AFCON uh, for them. Uh, the, the, I mean, if anything, that that right there, that's what's called a resume. It's a resume. There's a team. There's two teams here, probably three teams that are in the first division of all the leagues, and he's had a national team experience too. There is no where, – where are you going to tell me he can't go? This is also what the dopest thing about this of all, Bam. What is the interesting thing about all these four places he coached at? Um, four different parts – four different countries in the world. Oh, yeah. It's like pretty diverse. In Italy, he's in China, he's in La Liga in Spain, and he's in Cameroon. I mean, like – like – I don't understand what it needs. Uh, Michael Ellie right now is coaching. He's assistant. He's like a Chelsea he's an assistant right now. coach at, at Chelsea. But this dude is over here. He's out, he's been out here working, dog. He's been out here working on this resume. Maybe maybe he's too short. He was out there uh, getting assistant league experience. He was a developer of international relations at some team in Belgium, and and he was working assistant manager in Swansea in 2017. He's been trying. No, he was coaching in Belgium too. Some team called Yupin I've never heard of. This is the team here. Yeah, he managed for them for seventy matches. Yeah, didn't so, didn't do too hot, but they suck. All you do is bag a, an assistant job at Chelsea. He couldn't get a start at West Ham. I mean, and the thing is, I don't know if he's been trying. I haven't heard him come out and it say like, like he's been trying because th- this resume. I mean, if you were assistant in 2017 and then you get your manager job in 2017, where you play seventy matches, then you move to Ch- England. It looks like he's still after this to me. It looks like he's still after his goal. So, well, Yaya Torre did say that African players are lazy and they just want to have girls and money. So I don't, I don't know. Yaya Torre's like canceled forever. Him and, <laughs> him and, the, him and Mount Rushmore are all canceled. Facts. Um, anyway.